Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes. And I just want to take a moment and on behalf of Beverly and myself and our business partners, Jim and Susie Lafredo, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you're a gold member, thank you. And we really appreciate you guys. This particular episode today is the first recording that we did. It's with Chef Andrew Weissman. And we had some recordings that were at the beginning that we didn't include with the initial podcast. And so with this one, we're going to release it. It'll be at the end. So stick around at the end of this podcast and listen. You'll have some hear some brand new, never heard recordings with Chef Andrew Weissman. Again, thank you guys. We appreciate y'all. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the San Antonio Restaurant Podcast. The more you know, the better it tastes. We're so excited to have Andrew Weissman as our very first podcast guest. That's incredible, isn't it? Susie, I am so excited to have Chef Weissman here. here. We're just, it's great. Thank you so much. Uh, You don't know what it means to us to have our inaugural, to have somebody as influential as you well, you roll your eyes. I do, because I barely have influence over my own children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was blown away. I mean, I, you put out a post saying, hey, guys, you know what? I decided I'm going to make some meatballs, and tomorrow, first come, first serve, meatballs, they were sold out in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah that was, uh, that <laughs> I was, was a little like, wow. <laughs> the, the thing is, that, that is another side of that coin. My staff wants to wring my neck. <laughs> For sure. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So, uh what we just want to do during this podcast, Susie, we just want to be able to to get to know some of the best chefs around San Antonio and just have a conversation. And so uh, anyway, we're glad you're here today, chef, so that we can just chit chat and get to know you a little bit. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I think everyone knows, and you've probably been asked this a million qu- times, you've had so many very successful restaurants, and then just it almost seems like on a whim, ah, I'm going to close it and do something else now. What's up with that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I do get that. I get that asked a lot. I'm sure. Um, you know, restaurants are like anything else. They kind of run their course. At least for me, they do. And um, I'd rather go out when they're still vibrant than, you know, kind of like that uh, athlete that somebody has to pull off the stage with a hook. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and also um, impatient in a lot of ways. And I, my favorite thing to do in the restaurant industry is to conceptualize an idea, mm-hmm. bring it to fruition, and then if I could, I would walk away. Like, if I could find that job, yeah. that would be the job that I want. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. That, is, that seems like fun, too, because you create something in your mind. You say, let's see if I can really do this. Right. Yeah, and um, every restaurant has its own story. You know, it's like a play. Um, and... Um, once I tell that story, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm ready well, to and you, on. you have this, um, ability and this art to bring it to, uh, to bring it to success, you know, um, you know, through the things that you, you do and the things that you know how to do. I mean, you have created some very successful, um, you know, 
restaurants. Uh, and Mr. Juicy, of course, being one of them. And I asked this, I, we were chatting earlier, one of my big questions was, you know, because, of course, having the kind of palate that you do have to create these restaurants and make such successful restaurants, what made you choose burgers? What was what well? Was there's a lot of lot of facets to that, Susie. Um, you know, a hamburger can make someone as happy as a piece of foie gras. So um, I get joy in cooking. Okay, and and that said, um, one of the one of the biggest changes that I've seen happen to me over the years is with my family. Uh, my children are growing up. And I came to the realization that that window of opportunity to be with my family is very small. And restaurants like La Rev or Il Sonio, Sandbar, Minis, all those kind of restaurants require a lot of time and patience, as does Mr. Juicy. QSR is a little bit different. Expectations aren't as high. When you go in somewhere and you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars for dinner, expectations are a little bit different. Um, so I would feel that I always felt that I had to be there to touch every single plate. There was a ne there was never a plate in the ten there in the ten years that Larev was open. There was never a plate I didn't touch. Wow. Um, so I you know I never had to look over my shoulder at the end of the day wondering man did my staff do what I did they execute at the level that I would have wanted. So that was a big part of it. Have, if I were to do that I you know I would never see my family. So I just came to the conclusion that um, I still wanted to make people happy um, and create good food. Um, and I was, uh, I had a place called Moshe's Golden Falafel. Mm. And we were doing great things with that. But selling fresh food like that at 9 and $10 a plate, um, heaping plates of it, <laughs> it just didn't make financial sense. And my family and I were uh, in Colombia at the time, and we went to a little hamburger place. They were selling American-style hamburgers. Uh, we had seen a line out the door, and I ate there, and I just kind of thought to myself, man, these guys are doing it right. They're having a good time serving food that people are enjoying, and they're queuing up for it. And I literally woke up in the middle of the night that night after eating there and said to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Moshe's and convert that concept into a burger place. And that was the genesis of it. But the the, the germ of all that is wanting to spend more time with my family, and I thought QSR would provide that. Uh, at the end of the day, it's taken a little bit more time than I had hoped, but, you know, it is what it is. Sure. Well, it's so funny. It, whenever we're there, or I, I know whenever I'm there, I always, you know, I'm always watching, and, and you know, I, I see you mentoring some of the kids, you know, um, even if it's just with the French fries and, and, you know, because, you know, coming out perfect from behind the, you know, and, and I always think to myself, I wonder if they know that that is Chef Andrew Weissman that's <laughs> mentoring them right now. <laughs> you know, they, they, I don't think they know, and I don't think they really uh, care. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's uh, uh, the, the, the people that are at the window uh, giving the food out, somebody will say, hey, is uh, Chef Weissman in there? And um, they'll always, a couple of people say, hey, did you know that he used to own, like, the best restaurants? <laughs> and uh, they have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. nor should they. You know, it's it's kind of fun in cool. that respect. Yeah. It's pretty cool, though, yeah. you know, if you think about it. I mean, they're going to move on in whatever it is that they do. But to have had that, you know, that mentoring, whether they know who I it's going to – because I'm sure that the way that you teach them, that's something that's going to, you know, become a part of who they are. So well, Absolutely. I try to hold them to a high standard. You yeah. know, and a lot of times they don't realize why. They're like, you know, we're, we're selling burgers and fries here. 
And, uh, you know, I try to impress upon them, and I'm not really good at communicating it probably, but um, I try to impress upon them how important it is to do, to get better every day. Be sure. better today than we were yesterday. Yeah, that's so. awesome. So Very being cool. with your with your family, uh, I, I know that Maureen, your wife, works the front counter a lot. Yeah, she does. There. Does she like doing that? Um, yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. As long <laughs> as she can be out of there to go get the kids from school. Uh-huh. Um, I, it's almost like those invisible workouts. Um, that I try to work out at night after my kids go to sleep so I don't take any time away from them. And that's how she feels about working at Mr. Juicy. Um, she tries to work while they're in school. And then cut out of there to go pick them up. So oh. they don't ever see her um, at work, which um, is all, it's a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's kind of unusual, husband and wife working together in, in, a, in a restaurant. Was she really involved with your other restaurants as well? Or so it's funny. My wife is Costa Rican, and when she moved here and we met, she had never even really dined out. Um, hmm. That's a huge treat in Costa Rica for uh, her the, uh, the type of folks that she came from. Her family just never had the discretionary income to go out and eat. Uh, so I'll never forget, as we got to know one another, um, and she was in turn needing to make money or go back to Costa Rica, she came to work with me at La Rev. And most people that went to La Rev will remember that she became the, uh, they call her called her the cheese girl. She would present the cheeses at the end of the meal. But when she first started, she would just water the table. She'd go around with a pitcher. And she was so scared, she'd be like literally shaking. <laughs> uh, so her background is not in food. Uh, now she thinks she knows more about food and restaurants than I do, but uh, <laughs> right. we learned to deal with that. Uh, but no, it's the transformation is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now you have three kids, right? Are I they do, yeah. 10, 14, 15? Some They're all about to click up a year, but those are their exact ages, yeah. 10, yeah. 14, and 15. Okay, good. And do you... Do you see them getting into the restaurant business? I mean, uh, they probably will for a little bit while you're while they're you we, know in their teens. We, uh, but do you want that? Um, probably not. I want them to do whatever makes them happy. If it if it's restaurants, that's great. Um, right now, all three of them are like, no way, we're not getting involved. <laughs> but uh, we we force them to come and work and see what it's like to really put in a oh good a day's work. Mm -hmm. um, usually within fifteen minutes, they're at a table sitting and having a burger and fries, but. Uh, they get a kick out of it because their teachers are like, hey, is that your mom and dad that own XYZ yeah, restaurant? Yeah. And so they like that. They don't admit it, but they'll come and say, Papa, this just happened three days ago. The coach of the football team came up to me and said, is your dad the one that owns Mr. Juicy? So they get a kick. They yeah, get a real yeah. kick out of that. Sure. Yeah, it's Absolutely cool. have a, a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, well, I know that... You didn't, I, I, I read some of your history, I read a lot of your history, I did a lot of research on you, and I, I already knew some, but I mean, you're just an interesting guy. Um, you know, you, you, you talked a little bit ago about how you like to have everything perfect at a restaurant, and you're, you're very, it's intentional for you to be a little higher level uh, of everything that you do, but I mean, I was, I was reading, you had a, uh, you have a bachelor's degree in, in radio and television. That's correct. Yeah, so you wanted to be a news guy? I thought I wanted to be a news guy until I found out how actually bad I was in front of a camera. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um, but i that's what I graduated with. And Bob Rivard, who you may or may not mm -hmm. know, he was the editor of the Express News. Right, mm -hmm. right. Sure. I knew him, and I still know him. Um, and I went with to him for advice and see if I could get a little bit of help. I've always loved 
Mexico. And I asked him if he knew if he had any connections in Mexico after I graduated college. Did you speak Spanish? Uh, it's kind of spotty Spanish okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. But my idea was to go down there and uh, create stories that were relevant to Texas. Mm. And he hooked me up with someone down there who in turn hooked me up with the NBC News affiliate mm-hmm. who had a bureau down there. And I went and knocked on their door and they said, yeah, you can come and hang out. They didn't know what to make of me. <laughs> and so I would go out on shoots with their people. And um, eventually I paid for time with their cameraman and I sold a couple of stories back to border towns uh, in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did really feel uncomfortable in front of a camera. And then what happened was uh, they had a kitchen or kitchenette in the office bureau down there. And George Lewis, who was a very, very famous, well-known uh, foreign correspondent for NBC News, came down to shoot a story about the president of Mexico. And I cooked for them that night. I went to the market and got items and cooked for everyone. And after the meal, um, he pulled me aside and said, man, this is amazing. My camera crew and I both agree that this is some of the best food we've ever had and we wow. travel the world. And he said, look, man, I'm on my number, th- I'm on my third marriage. And <laughs> um, he said, what I do is not as glamorous as it looks from the outside. He said, this is something maybe you should consider. And I don't know if it's because maybe he saw one of my tapes that I had done or <laughs> I felt sorry for me. No, no. Or was really speaking the truth. So um, wow. none- nonetheless, I kind of thought about it and I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna give this a go. What a cool story! Yeah, yeah. So what what was it that led you to food? I I, I mean I, I mean I know that you cooked that meal for them, but you know I mean that takes some I don't know uh, guts maybe you know to say you know what I'm gonna go out to the market and pick up this item. If yeah, I you know it's you something know. that always um, I went I received when I w- I did study radio TV film, but when I went to college I originally thought that I was gonna be an artist. And I was given a small little scholarship for art at University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And um, I get the same kind of feeling producing food or creating food or dish as yeah. I used to do drawing. Love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so related. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've, always, I've always said that's why I'm kind of a fanboy for, for chefs because you are an artist. It, 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 you, you create art that people eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, that, that I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's of the moment. Know? Yeah, and it's everything from your senses to your, I mean, from your taste to your, your sight to, how, you know, all the of smell, it. Yeah. The smell, yeah. Yeah, so cool. Love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you left there and you went up to New York to, to the uh, uh, CIA at Hyde Park? I did. I forgot. There's something about the different CIA. One is more pastry-driven. One is, is that correct or am I well, wrong? Well, so... When I went to the Culinary Institute of American Hyde Park, it was the only campus. Oh. That's like the mothership. Then they opened up Greystone, which was more, um, they offered, I think it was more pastry-driven or is more pastry-driven. That may have changed. Uh, they also offered a lot of continuing ed classes, things like that, mm-hmm. out in the wine country. Um, and then the third location was here in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, but still, to this day, that's the the Hyde Park location is the one with the uh, beautiful campus right there on the river and mm-hmm. um, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, campus and experience. Yeah, very neat. Yeah. A- and 
I, I, I guess it's obvious, but I think having the CIA come to San Antonio is what created the food scene in San Antonio now. Because I was with somebody not too long ago talking about the food scene in San Antonio. They said, well, you know, we still are mostly chains. I said, no, we're not. There mm-hmm. are some fantastic restaurants out there. I mean, I think we have some world-class restaurants in San Antonio and getting better all the time. And I think the reason we have so many good chefs is they go come to the CIA and then they stay. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think... You know, what's different and unique about San Antonio, uh, it's very similar in Dallas also. Unlike Austin and Houston, a lot of our chefs and restaurant owners are homegrown here. You go to Austin and Houston, and there's a lot of transplants. Yeah, mm. It's starting to change with all the influx of people we have from all over, mm-hmm. but it's always been kind of a really cool yeah, thing about true. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean, we we talk to a a certain string of chefs and find out they all went to high school together or they all knew each other growing up. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're not cooking, you're working out. Well, not so much anymore. I'm getting kind of lazy. I was on my walk last (laughs) night. I've always been a big runner. I used to do a lot of uh, road cycling also. Um, It's things that it allowed me to kind of get rid of the stress level. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I still run. Um, I don't bike as much as I like anymore, and that's w- t- for two reasons. One, it, it's a big time commitment. If you want to go ride a 50-mile bike ride, it's a time commitment. And um, also some of the drivers in San Antonio are less than yeah. <laughs> desirable. <laughs> yeah, when that's you're on a true. Bike. Yeah. Well, I think that it's probably not just San Antonio anymore. I think it's everywhere. And I, I have a road bike, but I, I, I'm really hesitant to ride too much because people are looking at their phones too much. Yeah. They're not they're not oh looking. Yeah. They think, well, I can, you know, uh, I, I look up every once in a while. Yeah, but you're not going to see that bicyclist there, and that's scary. It is very scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, I read in one of one of the articles in my research that it, it almost sounded like just nonchalant. Oh, sometimes on Sunday I ride to Austin and back. You know, like like that's how sometimes I'll stand there and eat chips for a half hour. <laughs> Why <laughs> do that? <laughs> but no, we used to ride to Austin and uh, on our bikes and uh, jump in at Martin Springs. Oh, Cool off, yeah, oh, that's a great it idea. It was unbelievable, <laughs> and then we'd go drink some beers and have a lunch because you'd be famished, mm-hmm. so that was, a, that, that was a tremendous experience. We did that three or four times. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. And then I uh, saw that you, along with the exercise, you do a lot of yoga. Do you still do yoga? I try to do yoga. You know, it's one of those things where if you, you'll never regret doing yoga at the end of the day. You'll mm-hmm. never be like, man, I wish I wouldn't have practiced yoga. Now it's more of a necessity. As I get older, I feel like I'm just stiffening up. Yeah, the stretching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I do more of that. But I love all the tenets of yoga. Yeah. Um, but I, n- I don't get to do it like somebody who really practices yoga. Mm-hmm. I try to do 15, 20 minutes a day, um, and it helps. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it was just interesting to me. I mean, yes, you, you have a, a runner's body, and you're in good shape and everything, but – you, at first glance, you don't come across as a real outdoors person, but you are. You're, you're, well, you I really love <laughs> exercising and, and yeah. hunting, and, I mean, you're just outdoors kind of guy, right? I love being outside. Yeah. It's a big part of my life, and I try to impress that upon my children. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Uh, I know that for a little while you spent time – you lived, actually, in Costa Rica, right, where, where your wife is from – uh, I was privileged to take a vacation to Costa Rica earlier this year, and I, I think I reached out to you and asked you for some recommendations yeah, on yeah. places to go, which is really cool. Do you see yourself in the future? Maybe you're in retirement, moving down there. Is that? It'll be somewhere. It, we would at first we thought no matter what we're going to move to Costa Rica mm-hmm. when we're empty nesters, at least for ha- you know six months out of the year. 
Um, but what we've realized, Costa Rica's just been inundated with uh, people from the U.S. and Europe. Yeah. And it's created a, a little bit, not so much in the South, but um, it really has changed the dynamics of Costa Rica. Uh, some not for the better. Like my mother-in-law lives there. She can barely afford to go to the grocery store. Things have gotten so yeah. ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. It's way more expensive than anywhere in the U.S. Wow. And people are under the impression, well, Central Mexico and yeah, Central America are cheap. Right. Mexico is very cheap. And Costa Rica's, par- uh, uh, you know, the other countries in Central America that border Costa Rica are very cheap. Costa Rica, because of uh, its safety factor and the fact that people are moving down there by the throngs, uh, prices have just skyrocketed. Mm, yeah. And so it's difficult. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it'll be there. It'll be in a Spanish-speaking country somewhere. Oh, okay. We just love the lifestyle. Yeah. We spent a lot of time in Mexico. We lived there as well for a summer with our children. Um, Mexico City is a fabulous, fabulous. Talk about food and and design. Their aesthetic is unbelievable. Mm. So we love just to go down there and eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's on my on my list. I've only well, we been there to the airport yeah. <laughs> to change planes, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to go there. We need to go as a big group. Maybe you guys Wouldn't do a yeah. Let's do that. Oh restaurants. Okay, yeah, San Antonio restaurants to, to Mexico sure. City. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've heard it. some great yeah. food down there. That's <laughs> awesome. Very Th- cool. That's something that's cr- you know, I, you know, you have all of these. Uh, op- I mean, you've some amazing. Which I don't know. Some you may want to talk about. Some you don't. You know, as far as your projects that you have going on. But that was one of the things that caught my attention when you walked into Mr. Juicy. You know, you know, you're going to get, uh, you know, an amazing burger. You're going to get amazing food. But I love that you can also grab a beer. You have like, you know, I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. It's so neat. Yeah, that fast food that has beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, how cool which is, is that? Or a glass of Europe, wine. But is, is <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we want to offer uh, full service, whatever we yeah. do, to so people can have a full uh, experience, you yeah. know. Um, we'd like to expand that. At some point, you know, it's also labor pool issues, but I'd like to do breakfast. Oh That's yeah. my biggest push is to do breakfast at Mr. Juicy with excellent coffee mm, awesome. and grab-and-go type breakfast items i think it'd be really neat i do too yeah mm-hmm. for sure yeah. i think that'd be a hit yeah absolutely yeah uh, are there any i know you have lots of stuff going on in your head but are there any other restaurants that you uh, can talk about that you know are actually gonna happen yeah so um i'll talk about one um downtown i have a building under contract mm-hmm. so nothing's done and dusted as they say until um i sign and and uh, on that line on the contract, but it is under contract. It's a really cool building right by the Havana. Yes, where uh, Ocho is, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at, if I get that, um, I will do something there. I don't know yet what I'm gonna do. I'd like to develop it, uh, something completely out of my wheelhouse. I'd like to develop it into a small boutique hotel at some point, but um, until I do that, it'll have a food component to pay the bills, the taxes on it, and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Sure. Yeah. Wow, that sounds exciting. I know. <laughs> and you heard it here first. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> I haven't told anybody about it because uh, my attorney said, don't tell anybody about this because it can be stolen out from under Oh, you. no. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'm hoping that uh, yeah. things go as planned. Yes. Sure. Well, no and one's listening will. here. No, no one's, one's, no one's going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> my mom will be listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, with you know, we are San Antonio restaurants, which is 
primarily a Facebook group, but we, we've expanded into other, we have Instagram, we have uh, uh, TikTok, Facebook, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't Facebook think of that name, yeah. <laughs> but we do have 106,000 members now on, on, on Facebook, and so a lot of people are... And then we've grown the other um, aspects to at least about 18,000 new additional. faces. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I've seen your growth pattern. It's oh. amazing. It's really exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's exciting for us, too. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, a big part of uh, posting stuff on social media is you mention anything on, on San Antonio restaurants, and man, you can expect for the folks to show up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm pretty proud. A, a lot of the reporters and, and then more uh, mainstream food critics, they, they say they get a lot of their ideas, or all of their ideas, even from San Antonio restaurants, oh, from I'm our sure. members talking about new places coming or yeah. places that they went. Mm-hmm. So, so we've found some, found some really great places. Yeah, and so a couple of months ago, we created uh, an app that, uh, right now it's a web app. You go to, to the uh, sa-restaurants.com, and you can purchase this membership into our Gold Club, and then it's a thing on your phone where you go to these great local restaurants and get discounts, get something free possibly, get a little perk for, for going to local restaurants because that's what we're all about is local restaurants. We love local restaurants. And so Mr. Juicy is one of our gold restaurants, mm-hmm. one of our gold approved restaurants, yeah. of course. Yes. And I think on, th- does he have a, a wheel, Susie? Uh, yes, yes. So Mr. Juicy has a wheel. And yeah. A, a cu- I think a couple. A yeah, couple of wheels so, yeah. and a, even a scratch yeah. off. Yeah. So um, what that means, or go ahead and explain. Well, I was just going to say, it, what's cool about it is on this wheel, you can um, win something, you know, as your, you know, something fun. But it's cool because you get to try th- new things on the menu. Like, for example, the key lime pie dessert and the Belgian um, chocolate cookie dessert and, you know, things like that that, um, I mean, you're going to want to try anyway because you can't help it. But, I mean, when you try some of these desserts, you're just like, wow. I mean, blown away. And then the fries as well. So there's a lot of different things on there. So it's kind of fun because you can, you know, go in and give them a try, but then try something that maybe you wouldn't have tried before or try something new. And then, yeah. Yeah, we're really excited have to a be new a part of that. It's, <laughs> uh, I think it's such a great idea. And the reception you guys have had, I've kind of followed it along on Facebook. It's it's been exceptional. a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 People are going crazy over it. And, and it's, it's a great option. You're going to go eat anyway. Yeah. And we want you to go eat Why at local restaurants. Free, so right? get something free. Yeah. And go to local restaurants. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many amazing cuisines here in San Antonio. It's just an explosion of talent. You know, why not go local? And That's yeah. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. So one of the things you're giving away is the Dole Whip. And I've seen that a couple of places. I don't. I haven't had it. Oh, I don't really understand what it is. What is that? Dole Whip is a uh, pineapple soft serve that was popularized at the at Disneyland and Disney World. Ah. And it's got a cult like following. Mm-hmm. Um, my children had it when we were in Hawaii, and they fell in love with it. And I was like, man, we'd be crazy not to offer this. As you mentioned, there are one or two other places in town that sell it, um, but people are just, you know. Immediately when we advertised that we had it, people went nuts. And then uh, we also have had a lot of people that have never had it that have come in just out of curiosity. And now they're there once once or twice a week. They are yum. They are so good. You've had it? So good. (laughs) Yes. And you didn't bring me one. I didn't, but they're yummy. All right. (laughs) Uh, you have, have to come by yourself. Yeah, you have to when we get through here, I know where I'm <laughs> going. Right. It's the kind of thing that doesn't travel well. No, exactly. That's right. Oh, I guess in the middle of summer exactly. in San Antonio. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is the key lime. If you haven't had the key lime pie, oh my gosh. 
I was blown away. I, and, and again, you know, you're, you know, you're going into a burger joint and, you know, so, and you know, you, you are, of course, if, if you know, and if you understand you're in, you know, Andrew Weissman's burger joint. So it's, you know, <laughs> you, know you kind of, you, you know, if you know that, then you, you already know it's, but I mean, he, he uh, so the last time we were there, we got a key lime pie and I mean, oh my gosh, you know, little pieces of, of lime bits in there when you take a bite and, you know, homemade um, graham cracker crust on the bottom. And the, 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 the origin of flavor. that oh is um, from Sandbar. And I always love dragging some of the DNA from other restaurants into the next iteration. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one of the ones that survived and came with us. And it's kind of taken on its little uh, momentum of its own, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and then also your sh the shakes. I, I tried the shake for the first time the last time, too, because um, a lot of the shakes are house-made. And so, um, yeah, again, <laughs> you, need a you need to go get a shake. You're Marjorie. making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. So you made the key lime pie at, at Sandbar? And we did, yeah. Are you making them in, the, in Mr. Juicy? We make everything in Mr. Juicy. Yeah. Wow. It's a small little kitchen. It is. And uh, <laughs> our, our aspiration is to have more than one location. And if we do, we'll eventually have a um, production facility. Oh, nice. Okay, I live close to Boulevardy Road in 1604, find so if you want to put one yeah, find there. Find place. <laughs> I, I, if you can find it. The drive-thru has become the unicorn of the restaurant world now. With COVID and everything that happened, everybody wanted a drive-thru, so mm -hmm. they wouldn't have to have guests um, not showing up because they were scared of interacting with other people. Sure. So uh, drive-thrus have been very, very difficult. Second-generation drive-thrus have been difficult to find. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you... Your, your plan is to have a bunch of Mr. Juicy's or just a couple of more? You I'd know? like to, but um, at the same time, I'm happy with what I have. You know, I don't want to always be having that feeling like I need something more. I need something more. If it presents itself, um, I'm going to grab the opportunity. But if not, it's not a huge deal. So mm -hmm. if it, so basically, if, it, if, if it's something that is supposed to be, it'll be. Right. Yeah. Which kind I think is awesome. I'll let it go organically. Yeah, yeah. So well... I mean, I have a few. I think a few more Mr. Juicy's around town would be nice. I would so. love it, and then I could maybe sell them and be done yeah. with this crazy. There business. you go. That concept yeah. was, you know, it's been perfected, and yeah. The, the thing is about the restaurant business is it's it. Not only is it addictive, it's a sickness. You know, you try to, you say this is it. That's all I'm gonna do. Yeah. But for some reason, something else pops up, and you're like, oh my god, I got to take that opportunity. Sure, you know? sure. Mm -hmm. so. Yep. Well, Susie, I think we're about out of time, aren't we? Okay, guys, thanks for sticking around. We have some bonus material. As the recording comes on, we were in the middle of a conversation about Chef Andrew enjoying hunting. So it was really interesting to hear why he like, how he got into hunting and why he likes to hunt. And then I tell one of my, uh, Beverly says my long, boring stories, but I tell one of my stories. And then afterwards, we also, remember, this was recorded back in November of last year of 2022 and so especially then there was some really big supply issues and so we get into some supply discussions and uh, and the heart of a, of a restaurant owner so i hope you enjoy it it uh, doesn't run that long but it is some additional information different different discussion so y'all enjoy bye um, one of my wine reps actually who's now a banker at frost we became really close friends and he's like a championship shotgun shooter. Like he always wins the rodeo shootout and uh -huh. 
um, comes from a great family, and they've been ranchers. And he said, man, you should go shoot doves with us sometime. And I was like, uh, all right. All my buddies growing up used to do that. Uh-huh. So I went and I just fell in love with it. And he has three friends that also are very um, proficient hunters. And these guys are unbelievable outdoorsmen. Yeah. And I grew up not like, I grew up without a father. And so these guys all were taught from a young age how to hunt and fish. And uh, mm-hmm. they just showed me the ropes. They never let, you know, quail hunting is what we started doing together. And quail hunting can be extremely dangerous because you're shooting over dogs. Really low, yeah. Really low. Uh-huh. And they were always apprehensive about letting somebody else come in. So I felt fortunate. They brought me in and started hunting with them out in West Texas and mm-hmm. over dogs, over their dogs. And it just grew from there. Wow. Yeah, my dad wasn't a hunter. Uh, he was a fisherman, mm-hmm. but not, not hunting, so I never went. But uh, one time when I first got married, my father-in-law took me, and we went out Calabra. This was before it was totally built up, but it was starting to get built up out sure. Calabra. And there's a road. Now there's a Dairy Queen there, and you turn, and you go down this road, and this old man, Mr. Persign, he had a farm back there, and he had a, a tank and some really tall corn and stuff. So it was a great place to, to shoot dove. But they were starting to build around it. And maybe 50 or 60 yards west, there were some apartments that were starting to be built. And maybe 200 yards east, there was uh, a subdivision they were starting to build. But he was still there. It was still outside the city limits. And you could still hunt. But we were out there. This is my very first time. Got camouflage on. I'm an I'm a outdoorsman here. I got <laughs> my gun. Hiding behind trees and watching for a dove. Here comes the ice cream man. <laughs> and we stopped him and we bought ice cream. <laughs> that's, all, that's a great story. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Had a good time, though. It was fun. For me, it's always about, um, you know, harvesting the animal and taking it right to the table. Yeah. Have you been to, uh, is it Jesse Griffith's restaurant in Austin? No, but I know of it. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to go there. Yeah. He, he takes... Lots of hogs, mm-hmm. right. you know, but but he really, it, it's all about exotic meats and, yeah. and cooking, you know, unusual stuff. Right, right. Sounds really cool. This backstrap we had last night was finer quality than any beef you can imagine. Yeah. It was so good. Wow. That's me. I ground a bunch of it tonight. We're going to have cabbage rolls with oh, it. Oh, yeah. fun. That's a, That's that sounds real cool. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still haven't really been hunting other than the, the dove, but I have a good friend that has a really nice ranch up in Kerrville. Uh-huh. And uh, last year, they have their sausage-making day where they take all the deer and they get some some oh, uh, nice. some hogs and, and grind it up and make sausage. And so, yeah, I think we made 260 pounds of sausage. Wow. It was, it was a big day. Yeah. And uh, some of it's dried sausage, some of it's uh, uncooked Right. links and some patties and stuff so yeah i've got a freezer full of it now yeah so thank that's God. nice yeah it's always nice to know where your food came from and it's clean meat you that's know? true that's so true you're already recording aren't you i am <laughs> good, oh, for you. Smart. Yeah. good for you good for you that's like when they give you a shot at the doctor's office and when you're a kid and they're talking to you and they just stick it in right <laughs> i loved the hunting story so yeah no that's that's awesome that's awesome so i, w- I did want to ask you uh uh, obviously, you earned the title chef, and you should be proud of the term chef, but is it okay we call you Andrew? 100%. Or? Okay. I'm always a little, you know, everywhere I go in town, it's it's interesting. Everyone calls me chef, and I kind of shy away from that. I'm one of those guys that even when I see other chefs in town, they're always like, hey, chef, what's up? And I always feel weird calling them 
chef. Salad and chef, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. There, I know there's two different thought processes on that, but um, no, man, please. <laughs> okay. Please. Well, I always have, but I didn't know if you were like, she no. called me Andrew. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not like that at no. all. No, well, that I, I went with Andrew because when we, we met each other, that's how you introduced yourself. So I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, there you go, folks. So as we wrap up, uh, let you see a little bit behind the scenes about what it's like as we're recording the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. hope there's some good information for you. So tune in next week. We will be back with a brand new episode next week. And so just uh, continue to listen, and we appreciate your support. And we'll see you again next time. Bye, guys.